when did Mr. Patrick Mutebe start investing in the club? Long time ago, he had a long-term vision, and that vision is start to you know start to reap the rewards. Who did that? We need to give credit to Coach Pito. Big questions, even bigger guests. This is the big interview. Good day and welcome to The Big Interview. On this episode, I'm happy to be joined by one of South Africa's most decorated footballers in terms of international representation. This player was born in Klerkstorp in the early 90s and got his first contract with Platinum Stars before he set sail for Israel. From the Middle East, he journeyed back through South Africa before making his way to Cyprus and Azerbaijan. After his stint in Azerbaijan, he went to China and Turkey before recently returning to China and signing for Changchang Yatta in the Chinese Super League. He has represented Bafana on a few occasions, having scored over 250 career goals. I am, of course, talking about the one and only Dino Ndlovu. Dino, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay, Eden. I cannot complain much. It's life, you know. We we are grateful that we can be able to wake up every morning. Absolutely, I can't disagree with you there, Dino. Thank you so much for for joining us today. Would you care to please tell us about how your love for football transpired? How old were you when you thought your oh, playing football is exactly what I want to do? Um, I can't precisely recall which years, but I think I was around. 10, 11, uh, but I started playing in the dusty street before, you know, making it in 11, 11 v 11 pitch. I think when I was about seven, six, seven, mm. then I started playing um, with a, you know, amateur football club 11 against 11 uh, around 10, 11. And did you go to an academy in your early days? Well, if so, what was the academy and how did you end up joining? No, I've, 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 I've never made into any academy. Uh, I've made an academy in a later stage of of my teenage years when I was like 17 plus, turning 18. Okay. Uh, the, the years that I I tend to be in one of the academies of Platinum Stars. But all along I've played uh, amateur level at uh, uh, Dona Young Stars. And after that, from Dona Young Stars, I went to OI Celtics. After OI Celtics, I went to play in the Vodacom league before it was turned to be an ABC Mitsippe league for real Harabi uh, real stars so yeah I see and um, at what age did you get your first agent uh, I got my first agent when I first arrived in Joburg when I was uh, playing for platinum stars at the age of 18 and that was um, Walter Mukwena Okay, and, and how did that come into fruition? How did Walter say, let's do business? Um, I remember when we went to play um, Bay Hill Tournament in, in Cape Town. Um, I think at that time, Platinum Stars, we had a, a, a fair challenge. Uh, we never made out of the group stages, but we, you know, I don't know if now Bay Hill Tournament still has the same uh, setup. We finished third in a group and we went to play a plate it's called a plate uh, uh, knockout stages, and we won the plate uh, knockout stages. We won them, and uh, I was one of the goal scorers for the plate uh, tournament. Um, okay. And when I got back from the Bahil tournament in Troburg, I remember I arrived early in the morning, around 10 in the morning, 11 o'clock, uh, back in Troburg in Modderfontein, where we were based. Uh, I met a guy called Mzima Singebisa. I think he was an uh, editing chief of a magazine called uh, Soccer Arena. 
um, the owner of the magazine was Walter Mukwena at that time, mm. and uh, they wanted to do like um, an interview to feature me on the magazine, and uh, we had like an interview for almost like an hour, and we just had a chat afterwards. Me and Zima Zingevis, and he was just asking me, uh, you know, personal questions, where I'm from, blah blah blah, and um, do I have an agent? I said, and that time I never knew that if you're a footballer, you you need an agent, you know. Um, I was not even concerned about that. So he said, you have an agent. I said, what that? So he explained to me what's really the job of an agent and um, what's their role in a player's you know, career. And I said, no, I don't have an agent. Because I remember when we arrived in Platinum Stars, they told us that we must not have any agents. You know? so, but I didn't care much because I didn't know what they were talking about. Right. You know? So I said, no, I don't, have any, I don't have an agent. He said, would you mind, Walter, being an agent? I said, look. I've, I've always opened doors for anyone to have a conversation with, you know, if it's something that I need and uh, he's good at this, what he's doing, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite open for that. And he set up a meeting, Zimas and Gibson set up a meeting after our interview, me and Walter. And uh, when we met, we actually didn't speak about business. We, he actually, that, that's one of the things that made me to be interested joining his company. We, we spoke about my life, my family, where I'm from, how's the situation at home. He wants to meet my family, and which he did. And that was one of the things that triggered me to really, really be interested in joining his company and, you know, making him uh, officially my, my agent. And that's how it came about for him to be my agent. All right. Okay. So, Dina, after you left, uh, after you left Platinum Stars, let's hope I don't butcher this name. You joined Israeli side Bnei Yehuda. No, 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 no. It didn't come. Up, it didn't come up like that. Okay. The story how it came about was when I was at Platinum Stars Academy. Um, when I joined the company of Walter, uh, which was MSN at that time, I think. I think it was Mukwena's MSM, Mukwena Sports Media. You know. Okay. I think they already someone saw me when he came to see me at where we were leaving at that time. So the guy who was looking after us. I think saw saw me with Walter because uh, I was sitting in his car. So he saw me there, and he he already you know made um, the people away from Platinum Stars, and and I think the the I think the guy who was. Uh, head of academy was Kelvin Johnson at that time, okay. and um, they told me, he told them that you know I saw Walter with Dino and blah 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 and stuff like that, and it was already in the evening, so they couldn't call me anything. So tomorrow we had training, so they called me back at the office before training, and uh, they told me, hey Dino, uh, this guy saw you with Walter. What's Walter in your life? And mind you, that time I, I never signed any official contract with Walter. And they said, "Do you is your alter agent?" And I, I bluntly, you know, became confident. I was confident about it. I said, "Yes, he's my agent." Mm. And that time, said because we told you when you arrived here that we don't uh, want to want our academy players to have agents, we releasing you to from our academy. We send you back home, which I was shattered. I was shattered, and I was really disappointed for them to take that decision. But I didn't never question that decision. Uh, I remember Rulani uh, came and told me, you know, Dino, um, the club like you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, please, uh, I will talk to them. And maybe they've made a wrong decision. Uh, I'll talk to them. Maybe they can, uh, you know, reverse uh, their decision. 
I said, okay, no problem. And that time when they took the decision, I, I immediately called Walter and he couldn't answer, but I sent him a message. I said, look, there's a situation. Uh, Platinum Stars just released me from the academy. What should I do? I said, no, don't worry. At this moment, uh, pack your bags. I will send you money to go home, you know? I said, okay, no problem. Uh, he sent me money to go home. Uh, when I was home, I think it was two weeks at home, he said, um, Platinum Stars, they recalled me to come and have, uh, to come train. Funny enough, the day I arrived uh, for training, I think Platinum Stars had, um, they had a, a, a friendly game with, I think it's Afri- Stars of Africa or Africa Stars Academy. Okay. And uh, that time, I think Walter organized uh, because he had friends from France who are scouts and are agents. So, and also the national team coach, uh, Serhamele Tuaka was also, uh, he graced us with his uh, presence to come and watch that game. And funny enough, I didn't train for 10 days. I came back and played that uh, that friendly game. And uh, I scored two goals. And coach Serhamele Tuaka liked what he saw in, in, in me in that uh, particular game. And also the scouts from France uh, liked what they saw. And they said they were... They would gladly want to organize something for me to come to Charles in France. Okay. And um, that time, uh, when after the, after the game, um, the I think the coach of the first team at that time was Emil Garmondi in, in, in Platinum Stars. So they wanted to change him to be the new the coach. They wanted to sack him. So there were there were talks on the media that the new coach would be Steve Compella. So. What happened afterwards, uh, I stayed at the academy for like maybe uh, two weeks. After two weeks, uh, Walter also told me that, you know, go home because they were just being, you know, uh, um, hard on me at the academy. So I didn't like how they treated me afterwards. And I went home. So when I went home, uh, Walter organized uh, those guys that came to watch me, the scouts from France, they organized for me to go to Charles in Lille in France. So we organized that for, I went to, I came back to Joburg to make all the, the documents, paperwork, the visa and stuff like that. And I remember before I left for my trials, for my two weeks trials in, with Lille in France, uh, the national team under 20 called me up to the national team, but I couldn't because I had to go to, to France. Mm. So from there, when I, I went to France for trials for two weeks, I came back, I joined the national team at the 20 for their tour. They had a tour in um, in South America. We played against Uruguay. After Uruguay, we played against Honduras. So we came back after that tour. And um, the academy also recalled me to come back and train with the team. I said, no, uh, I cannot come back anymore. Because Walter gave me an advice that um, don't go back because there might be a possibility that they want to confiscate your passport. So don't go. So I didn't go home. I didn't go, I didn't join the, the, the academy. I went to back home. Then a month after, it was around June, end of June, beginning of July. So the Platinum Stars hired um, Steve Compella as, as the first team coach. So they told him about me that there's a boy at the academy, you know, he's scoring goals. He's, he's someone that we love and we wanted to offer him a first team contract. So that time, uh, I was training with Mamelodi Sundowns, you know, just to keep fit before, because I remember I, I, I was chosen to be in the 35 players that were going to be on a preliminary training with the under 20 for the World Cup under 20 in 2009. 
So I was training with Sundowns to keep fit. So that time the coach of Sundowns was Christo Stoshkov. So Christo Stoshkov liked what he saw on the days that I spent with the team in training. And um, he they engaged, Platinum, uh, Sundowns already engaged my agent to say uh, they want to sign me. But funny enough, Steve called because they had a good relationship with Walter. They engaged um, Walter to say, let's meet up. Maybe we want to give Dino a first team contract. And we went there, sat down with uh, Steve Compella and the management of Platinum Stars, but we never agreed terms of what they offered on the table. And I never signed the first team contract with Sundowns, uh, with Platinum Stars. So I chose to sign a contract with Sundowns because Sundowns already, you know, tabled a good offer on the table. For a 19-year-old boy to get a good offer like that, I couldn't say no to it. Mm. And I, I signed with Manly Sundowns before I headed to the World Cup in Egypt with the under 20. That's how everything unfolded. Okay. So Dina, you've played all over the world in Cyprus, Azerbaijan, obviously now China as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you spent some time in South Africa. Which country's playing style is more intense? Which one requires more of a player? Look, uh, I think every every country has its own dynamics, you know. Um, but for me, I, I, in terms of domestically, I, I, the, the, the league that was more intense was Cyprus and Turkey. Mm. That was more intensive. And uh, more physically was China. China was demanding physically. But uh, in terms of intensive and tactical awareness and tactical abilities, uh, it was Turkey and, and, and Cyprus. But internationally, international tournaments uh, where I, I, I felt that I needed to exert myself more was when I was in Azerbaijan when we played Europa League and Champions League. All right. So, Nadina, this is your second stint in China. Culturally, how does China compare to South Africa? Look, uh, Chinese people, they are one one uh, nation that I feel that you know they are more uh, they are more um, you know uh, how can I say it? They believe too much on their customs, and you know they don't trust any foreigners, especially when they do in business in, in terms of agents, especially football clubs. Football clubs they don't trust you know like foreign agents, so they trust one of their own. They always try to to use one of their own. Okay. So with, refer- with reference is like the same as, you know, that's why all the social media platforms, they are not allowed here. So they always want to, you know, create and give chances to one of their own. So China, in terms of uh, the, the culture, they are one of one nation that they don't forgive if you don't want to learn or you're not interested in, you know, the language, you know, the customs and the um, their culture so they're one nation that they're not easy for giving you know so if you do something good and they love you they will they will they will you know they will put their head on the block for for for, for you as an individual or as a player okay so um, compared to south africa you know south africa you know we we have so much foreigners that come outside and you know they do well in south african football even though they don't know the language in 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 in, in, in south africa and we we are forgiving with that you know and we, 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 I believe that the only thing that China, when it comes to South Africa, Chinese are a bit ignorant when it comes to, you know, foreign languages. They don't know so much or they don't want to learn so much about with English and other uh, foreign languages. Unlike in South Africa, you know, in South Africa, we're a multilingual country, whereas we have, you know, people from outside the country, you know, Southern Africa that come and, you know, 
and speak their own language to their country. So Chinese, they look you different if you are here and they start to speak with you Chinese and you cannot, even if you cannot speak, but you cannot pick up the words of what they're saying. They start to be, you know, otherwise towards you because they would ask you, hey, how long have you been uh, living in China? If you say three, more than one year, and you cannot pick any, you know, uh, basic um, uh, language to go to go around and, you know, communicate with with people, with Chinese people, then they'll never forgive you. So those are one of the smallest things that they, they take into mind and they take into heart. If you don't do that, then you're not going to succeed in China. Okay, so it's not just football you have to focus on there. Yeah. Dino, you've represented Bafana Bafana on a few occasions. What was it like to get your first international cap? What was that moment for you? For me, it was one of the best best moments because uh, the, the year that I got my first call-up, I, I, I made a, a, one of, of the biggest moves in, in my career. And I moved from Benin Ruda to Maccabi Haifa, which was one of multi-million dollar deal that happened. And the same few months after I got a transfer, I got my national call-up. I think we were playing against Brazil, but I couldn't finish finish the game because I, I lasted in the game uh, 33 minutes or 31 minutes and I dislocated my shoulder. But it's it's one of the games that I, that, you know, I, I, I did, I had my fair chance and I did well, you know. It was unfortunate that I got injured. But it's something that I, I, I uphold highly and I'm forever grateful for Godin Agassin giving me that opportunity to come and display my talent as a 22-year-old in the national setup. Whereas you have you had big, big players, you know, like Benny McCarthy was 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 part of, of the setup. So, you know, to, to come as a young kid who just represented the national team in in the lower setup, you know, under 20 and under 23, and you get an national team call-up, for me, was one of the best highlights of my career. Okay, I want to stick with Bafana here for a bit. The 2023 AFCON draw was recently concluded and South Africa find themselves in a tough group with Morocco, Zimbabwe and Liberia. Yeah. What do you make of this draw? Do you think Bafana could make it out of the group stage? Look, I don't like to talk too much about Bafana because, you know, when you speak, the, old, uh, the media will always, you know, try to torment you and try to, you know, pick up the negative of, of, of the whole scenario of how you're explaining your statement. Mm. But I feel that with the direction we are going with the new coach, uh, all respect to him, I don't know him, he doesn't know me, but all respect to him, uh, I'm happy that he's trying to involve, you know, younger players. But if we're not going to, you know, mix experience with with younger players, then I don't see us, you know, uh, coming on that group and collision for the AFCON 2023. And do you think if Bruce is given enough time and plays his cards right, Bafana could return to its glory days? Yeah, you know, for me, as I said before, you know, how, how many times did we give foreign coaches chances to come and, and, and help the national team to go forward? But that doesn't help, you know. We we, 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 we had, you know, glimpses of of of, of glory when Gordine Gessin was the national team coach and also when Sheikhs was the coach. But, you know, because he's a, he's a local coach, we the pressure was two times uh, mounted into his shoulders and he never he was never given the chance. But we, we all the time give this coaches coaches chances. He never qualified. The, the 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 current coach never qualified for the World Cup of of the Afcon. But he's still the coach. Mm. But previous coaches, when they couldn't qualify for all those respective tournaments, there was they, they got sacked. So what's what's different from these European coaches that we cannot do to our local coaches? Uh, so for me, 
Uh, I, I think we need to, you know, sit down and look at, look ourselves in the mirror as a nation. You know, you know, it, it doesn't start only with the, with the, with the team in terms of technical team and the players. That also with the management is the people that uh, we have who are running the South African football. Are they are, are they the right people to lead us to 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 improve or to Bafana for Bafana to go back to the glory days of being one of the best team in the continent? I doubt that because results and um, and success hasn't come be coming forth for us. So we need to sit down as as I saw on the media that you know there's presidential elections or or campaigns that are running. So maybe a, a change will help uh, and involving you know our, our legends in 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 the, in the national team setup. You know because they've they've walked that path and they know the experience and the players you know respect them. You know. All these young players, all these experienced players, they respect all your Dr. Kumaras, your Lucas Radebes, they look up to them, Benny McCarthy's. Mm-hmm. Why don't you involve them, you know? So I feel it's fair enough that they can have also their piece of the pie to be, you know, inserted into the setup of of, of, of being the, the people who can, you know, advise the national team, especially uh, surrounding this uh, SAFA elections and uh, the presidential um, uh, election. Our, our good friend on the podcast, Sean Roberts, has always said for the longest time, get football people involved in football. Don't have, with all due respect, people who have never played, get the legends in and see what difference that can make. Give it a go. It's never happened before. So hopefully that, that can be a thing in the near future. So I want to move on to a more personal side of things here, if that's all right with you. You've played the majority of your football overseas. Yeah. What challenges has this brought on for you in your time? Yeah, you know, I've, 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 I've encountered so much, you know. As I've mentioned before, you know, you, you go country to country and you meet different... Uh, people different cultures so you need to you know adapt and you know be level-headed with what those people want from you because you need to be better on better than what they have in their disposal so if you cannot push yourself you cannot exact yourself sometimes it, it pushes you to be you know to do the unrealistic you know to stuff that you never did especially working hard you know putting that uh, that work in the gym so for me you know as and again personally it has been challenging because my family and my wife they my kids they've been away from me uh, for me for the past what seven eight years since i've lived abroad so it's been really challenging but you know it's about mentality it's about what you need it's about what you your goals and your 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 targets you set for yourself each year comes you know so if you don't have those things set up for yourself you you're gonna you know you're gonna be in a comfort zone and you're gonna you're not gonna reap the rewards of 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 being the best of being the best of what you supposed to be which is the best and and if you are the best then that's why they brought you in because if you are in the same level as the local players then they're gonna terminate your contract within months of your contract running so for me, I've, I've faced so much challenges, but, you know, I've put God first and I've always, you know, knew what's at stake. And what's at stake is it's, it's putting my family name and global name up there. So if I give up, which means I'm, 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 I'm giving up for my family and people who are looking up to me. And that's been one of my dry, uh, my daily drives that when I wake up, uh, I need to know who, who's, who, which people are looking up to me and I need to make those people proud. Work hard now and reap the rewards later. I Always. Say. I think that's 
That's very honorable. Dina, what has been the toughest part of your journey being a professional athlete? It's not for me to, to be a professional athlete. Uh, sometimes it goes with being in the public eye. You know? It's what other normal people do. You know, you, you cannot be seen at uh, places that uh, we think that football players needs to be. You know, if you want to grab a drink with a friend or family, you're not supposed to be seen there. If you you are too much on social media, people, you know, people, for me, the most difficult thing that I've ever come across is you cannot be yourself. You need to live according to what uh, people, you know, um, portray you to be. You know, they always try to say, okay, you need to be like this, you need to live like this. Mm. So it's been difficult for me to be myself. But those were the early uh, stages of my career when I started coming abroad. That, you know, you live for people. At the end of the day, that damages you internally and you start to do wrong decisions and you start to act all perfect. And you just need to be yourself and just, you know, uh, shy away from a lot of things and just put God first. And other things will come, will forthcome afterwards. So for me, just being yourself has been one of the most difficult journeys that I've, 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 I've come across in, in my football career. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Dina, just a few more questions here. Do you follow the PSL back in South Africa at all? Yeah, I do follow the PSL, but you know how we are. I'm, I'm a bit ignorant also. Uh, I follow, I only watch or check, you know, only bigger clubs or clubs that I played for in the country, how they do, but not the, the whole league in general. No, well, that's that's absolutely perfect. That leads straight into my next question. What do you make of Mamelodi Sundowns and their dominant display over the last few years? What do you think could stop them? For me, you know, let, let, let's take it back. When did Sundown start? When did uh, Mr. Patrick Mutipa start investing in the in club? Long time ago. And for him to invest in the club, he, he had a long-term vision. And that long vi- that vision is start to you know start to reap the rewards after how many years? Maybe ten years. He start to reap the rewards, mm. but who did that? You need to give credit to Coach Pito. You know, Pito Msiman is a local coach. He came there, and you know, a lot of players looked up to him. He, he know how our local players, how where they come from. You know, which kind of backgrounds they come from, what that they lacking. You know, they, they might not lacking. They might not lack only in the football pitch, but also out of out of the pitch. So I think uh, Coach Peter, we need to give him credit because he could relate and a lot of players could relate to him. That's why a lot of players would, would has died, has you know worked hard for him. And that's why Sundowns has dominated for such a long time. And, you know, we need to give credit that, you know, they gave a local coach to instill and put Sundowns where it belongs. So I think we also with other teams that we believe that they are bigger clubs, they need to... Also, be patient with the coaches they they hire. But I I recommend that they must start off hiring local coaches and see how it's gonna, you know, how everything's gonna uh, pan up to be, you know, because at the end of the day, we all these big clubs they bring all these foreign coaches who doesn't who can relate, who doesn't know, or they come with their European mentality and think all these players who never got academy uh, um, structure or academy CV or resume behind them. To behave like European players, uh, young players, it's it, it, it's really unfair, you know. Mm. But if you bring a local coach, he knows where these boys come from, what they are going through, you know. So uh, I think Sundowns will continue dominating uh, because every player knows that if we go to Sundowns, we're gonna 
you know, achieve at least a season or have at least a, a trophy in my cabinet. So it, it's up to other, you know, big uh, clubs like Kaiser Chiefs and Under Pirates and Supersport, you know, to really, really dig deep to say we need to start off, you know, being patient with whoever we bring in, especially if it's a local coach. And we need to give that coach all the resources and all the budget that he needs to bring all those players. And they need to also to, especially teams like a team like Kaiser Chiefs, uh, that, you know, they all follow suit when the, their fans are angry at the coach. They, they take a drastic decision to sack the coach, you know. So they need to have that dialogue between the management, the coach and the fans to really know what are the targets of the coach. Because, you know, clubs, they can say to the coach, these are the targets. But on the media, they say something different. Mm. And the coach now start to be start to be shocked when he start to be asked questions by the media that the club said this, this, this is your target, you're supposed to win the league. But at the end of the day, maybe the club is not what he agreed with the, the coach. Yeah. So now the coach will will put his own two cents or put his own um, mind into what the question the media is asking. And, you know, he, he gets out of the context and they believe that he starts to disrespect uh, the club and Sunday second. So... That's what I believe, and that's my whole, you know, that's my own opinion. You know, it's not a fact, but it's my own opinion of what I've, I've, I've observed all these years. How Sundowns have dominated the the the, the local um, um, league. Okay, and lastly, Dino, what piece of advice do you have for any youngster growing up playing football who wants to become the next Dino and Lovu? Look, for me, I always tell people that just be yourself. You know. Uh, take time as a youngster to really find what's your strength because all um, young players they, we, 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 you can have a, you can look up to someone but doesn't necessarily mean that you need to emulate or you need to be that that person because you don't know what did they go through to be who they are so find yourself who you want who you are and that will make you a player that you want to become and you must not you know shy away of working hard you know, because other players, that are, there's players that were born with talent, but they're not hard workers. But if you know that you're not talented, but you got a chance to be on the door of succeeding in football, and the only thing that has for you, that, you know, will speak volume for you, is, you know, being disciplined and work hard for yourself. And that cannot, nobody can take that away from you if you work hard, no matter how talented you are. If you work hard, that will always put you in the, in the front door. Very, very wise words, Dino. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with the rest of the season and all of your future endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dino. I appreciate it. Big questions, even bigger guests. This is The Big Interview.